Welcome to In Our Words, Black Entrepreneurs Speak Wisconsin. The mission of this podcast is to provide a more holistic understanding of the African-American entrepreneur in the state of Wisconsin. Specifically, we seek to gain in-depth understanding regarding challenges faced and overcome by black business owners, while also providing success stories and strategies implemented along the way that has helped grow their business startup and growth resources. All right, all right, all right. We back for another one with the NR Words podcast as we continue to develop and grow this platform. I just want to make sure we give space for the trailblazers who have paved the way for us to be here today as black entrepreneurs and happy Black History Month, man. Happy February to all the black entrepreneurs and trailblazers out there. Keep doing y'all thing for sure. We got some goats in the room today. We got some people in here that I really am excited for us to have this conversation with. We got my brother, Anthony Kazi with KG Development. We got my brother Philip Bennett here, um, owner of Cozy Corner, MV Clothing Store, Barbershop, and Real Estate Investor. We uh, we about to have a conversation here today that's going to really help um, a lot of um, aspiring entrepreneurs and people going out there that's looking to get into real estate, looking to get into business ownership, and uh, you know have a lot of questions around how to become an entrepreneur. You know, and uh, I think that's a conversation that a lot of us need to um, begin to have, and um, especially on a platform like this one. So let's ju- let's jump right into it. Um, I'm just gonna ask one of y'all a question. We'll start with you, Philip. Who is Philip Bennett? Um, if I was to say who I am right now. I guess I'm a mid-age entrepreneur, you know, I'm a business owner, a restaurateur, a barber. I worked as a machinist for a minute. So um, I'm just a jack of all trades, you know, master of nothing. I cook, I do a lot of different stuff, but I'm, you know, in Appleton right now, I'm a landlord. I own a few properties. But I mainly work at my barber shop a lot, Legends, Cousin Styles, inside the Fox River Mall. Yeah, and I think I think what you just mentioned before, you know, you said something that really is an interesting thing for me. You say you're a jack of all trades. It sounds like you went to a lot of different businesses, you know. So how do you, you know, where does it all begin for you? Where did all this start and how did you get started? Um, If I could start from the beginning, it was always a passion of mine to just do whatever. You know, my, me and my brother, we grew up, we was the only boys in our family out of uh, four sisters. So, um, we always had, you know, our mind was always into something, on to something, but, uh, it, it was a lot of bad stuff in the beginning, you know, going through, I've been to prison three times in my life. When I was younger at 15, I went to Dodge Correctional Facility I got released when I was 17. Uh, I got locked back up again at 19 in Riot Correctional Facility. I got out when I was 20. I uh, went back when I was 24 and I didn't get out till I was almost 30. So after that, right away, you know, my brother was out and he was, you know, growing, learning from the mistakes of our past. So when I got out, my brother was already into machining. He went to school. He was going to actually Gateway. And um, right away, I went to school. My friend got me a job at the truck stop off the highway in Racine. So I was working at the truck stop. And uh, I was going to school at the same time. And I finished the program. And my brother got me a job where he was working at uh, Pioneer Products in Racine. And I was just doing that. And um, I ended up moving to Appleton and 
I had noticed that Appleton was kind of like wide open when it came to business. I was always a person. I was, I'm all, I was always an observant person. So I, I watch and I pay attention to everything because I always wanted to be a landlord when I was younger. I always wanted to be in business of some sort. So um, I noticed, like I said, that Appleton was just wide open when it came to business and the opportunities were crazy. So the first thing me and my wife tried was opening the store. You know, I had previous ex- previous experience in the clothing lane because when when we were younger, we was about 20, 21. We had a store called Hip Hop Connection in Racine. But. You know, we were still straddling the fence in the street, wanting to be businessmen, but we couldn't quite put it together, you know. So we chose the street over business, you know, and we paid a heavy consequence at the end. But I'm blessed to have a second chance. Once I got out, I just did what I wanted to do the right way. You know, we opened up. Envy was a success out the gate because I was paying attention to what Appleton was lacking. You know, when I moved to Appleton in 2010, they didn't even have BT on the cable thing. It, was, it made me feel like I was somewhere where black people really didn't exist. And we, you know, we were there, but they really didn't have anything for us. So I opened up Envy. It was popping out the gate, man. Like we was doing numbers out the gate. So then... um. I got the, I've always cooked, me and my brother, my mama taught us how to cook well. We cook good, you know. So um, the restaurant became an opportunity because I used to go to it and I became friends with the previous owners. They were black, Tasha and Mike Banks. And um, I used to sit, joke with them, have fun. And then a couple years after that, they wanted to have a meeting with me. And they asked me, did I want to buy the restaurant? And I was like, I guess, you know, OK. So, you know, it, that was good. I, 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 didn't, I didn't know how to run it, I guess. But in my mind, I feel like I can do anything. I said, I tell people today, if you push me off a building, I probably a fly. That's how much confidence I got in myself when it come to doing Anything because I'm not going to put myself in a position where I can't do it. I'm not a truck driver, so I'm not going to get in a semi 18 wheeler and try to drive it. That's something I don't want to do. So I'm going to leave that alone. So I know my lane, but I knew I could cook. I knew I could run a business. My wife, a double major. She got a master's and a bachelor. So I said, well, her being book smart, me being street smart, we ain't got no reason not to be successful. You know what I'm saying? So we took the restaurant and to this date, we've been, I've been the owner of Cozy Corner in Appleton for three years, and we just won the award for the best comfort food in the Fox Valley. We won the award for the best fried chicken in the Fox Valley, and we won the award for the best uh ribs in the Fox Valley. So then after that, I've always cut hair. You know, all of us. That's one thing about the black culture. We always got different hustles, no matter what. So... I, me and my brother been cutting hair since we've been messing each other up forever. <laughs> so one day I was walking through the mall and the, the guys that run the mall, the salon had went out of business. And the guy jokingly was like, hey, Phil, you should open up a barber shop. 
And I was like, hmm, where is it? So it was funny because one of my friends, uh, Charles Kennedy, we call him Mike. He the other barber, star barber, super nice in Appleton. He was working at a barber shop and he was kind of not in good, you know, good terms with the guy who owned the barber shop. So he had told me. So with that in mind, I went to him. I was like, man, they going to give me the opportunity to open up a barber shop in the mall. I'm like, man, you want to come with me? And he had knew what I was doing. You know, he believed in me. And, you know, right now, man, to date, we got one of the best barber shops in Appleton. Legends, Cuts and Styles. It's, I'm talking about it's popping hard. We got 10 barbers, one braider, one lash tech. And it's popping hard, like unbelievably. I can't even believe how good it's doing. Mm-hmm. Big business, big business. I heard you mention uh, something earlier talking about second chances. And I just want to make sure that I think that that's a, a conversation that we need to have for sure um, about how important that is and like how to keep your head up certain times when challenges arise, you know. So we're going to tap back into that. But I'm going to move a little bit um, transition here to my brother, Anthony Casey. Um, you know, who is Anthony Casey? For today, Senator Phil said just a uh, you know, motivated, determined entrepreneur. And I'm sure that is going to evolve. You know, I think uh, every year, you know, you become somebody different, past lessons from year to year. So as it's today, just motivated and determined, you know, uh, real estate entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And uh, you talk about real estate entrepreneurship. Um, where did that all begin for you? How'd you get into that field? Uh, honestly, uh, it took a while. Uh, real estate wasn't like never a passion of mine, so I wasn't into real estate. You know, when I was coming up, you know, I thought I was going to be in the construction industry. You know, I went to Bradley Tech High School, and uh, that's where I learned how to do, you know, construction. So uh, from there, you know, I went to Tuskegee and pursued a uh, construction science and management degree. But at that time, I uh, didn't realize I was going to, you know, get into real estate. Uh, and it's funny because one of my roommates my sophomore year was trying to get me to go into uh, real estate, but I kind of brushed it off. I think around the time it was 2008, the market just crashed. I'm like, I'm focusing on, you know, uh construction and starting a construction company, you know, once I graduate. But uh, I'm going to say maybe around 2015, uh, when I came back to Wisconsin, uh, I started to just think about, you know, my little sisters and, you know, something happened to my mom. And I started just thinking about different, uh, you know, businesses I can go into or, and to tell you the truth, what really uh, got me going in real estate was the Rich Dad, Poor Dad book with the rich teach their kids that the poor and middle class do not. And that book basically talked about you need to either be involved in uh, stocks, real estate, or invest in some type of business. So, you know, I knew I wasn't going to start no business. I wasn't, you know, I didn't know anything about stocks and real estate at the time, you know, seemed very attainable to me. And, uh, you know, that's how I kind of fell into real estate, just mainly started off flipping houses and then, uh, kind of grew from there. And yo, in the business that you're in right now is KG Development. You know, tell us about KG Development and like what y'all doing and some things you, you got going on over there. No, most definitely. So, you know, it's beginning to uh, flip houses. You know, people thought I should get involved into development because of my construction experience. And I really didn't think about it. And I started to, you know, just do more research. And as people keep talking about development, development start to kind of resonate with me a little bit. So it's a program here in Milwaukee called Acre, uh, Associates of Commercial Real Estate. It's ran by uh, LISC, uh, Marquette University, Milwaukee School of Engineering, and University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. It's basically a 30-week program that teaches uh, minorities about real estate development, property management, and construction management. So uh, that really got me really excited about development and just the possibilities. 
So around 2017, I started the, uh, I just took the class in 2018, but started the development company in 2017. Mainly was just to, like I said, flip houses and, uh, and buy rental properties. But after that equity program, I felt like, uh, I had so much more knowledge that I, you know, learned and already, you know, knew that I, you know, I realized during the class, you know, some of that stuff crosses over in, uh, construction. But from there, uh, you know, when the class ended, I mean, we went full speed. Right away, you know, we looked for a site to, you know, develop. We found the site and it happened to be a, uh, a request for a proposal site. So we, uh, partnered with, uh, MOK EDC, pitched them our concept, our, you know, our budget, our plans. You know, they, uh, they were a black down development company for about 30 years. They accepted our proposal. We partnered together, submitted the request for proposal and we, uh, won that proposal back in, uh, 2020, January 2020. And, uh, we'll be breaking ground on that this, uh, May. So pretty excited about that one. Mm-hmm. That's some good work, brother. For yeah, it real, took a while man. too. It started really from t- 2019. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, and that's, that's a good thing to say, too. You know, you say it took a while, you know, and I think a lot of times people want things right away, you know, and they think that, you know, you're going to start a business. You're just going to see, you know, there's money flowing in right away. And you're and not. I, <laughs> it's, it's a lot of patience in, in doing your own thing a, a lot. you got to have patience and a lot of discipline. That's the main thing I tell people. If you ain't got patience and discipline, this ain't the field for you at all, period. Mm-hmm. I agree with that with Phil too, and, and knowing that you're gonna have some hurdles. Yeah. I think that's what kept me sane. Like it's part of the game. Yeah, you're gonna have some setbacks. You're gonna have some things that make you wanna, man. I'm gonna get a nine to five, but uh, and nothing's wrong with nine to five at all. You know, yeah. uh, not at all. And uh, but to your point, man, gotta have patience, discipline, and knowing you're gonna have setbacks. Because yeah, on what he was saying, the nine to five is what really helped me build up when when I didn't have a knowledge of a 401k because that's how I got into buying properties so taking my I actually took my 401k and bought two duplexes because I did the math I was there for 10 years and I think I had maybe $70,000 in my 401k so I said to myself okay I'm almost 50 years old I'd be well me and my brother be 43 in March so I did the math. You retire when you were 62. So I got nine more or or 19 more good years of work left. So if I'm there for 10 years and only got about 70 grand, 20 more years, that's another 140,000 or less the way this they playing with the money these days. So can I really retire with $300,000? That's nothing. To live the rest of my life when I, I took that 70,000 out of my 401k. I took the 30%, whatever the early, early withdrawal. I paid the taxes just off buying them two duplexes. I got more than I saved in 10 years in maybe three years out of that money. So, you know, then, but the point is that nine to five helped me get to that point. You know, so a nine to five is a good thing because you you learn a lot. A nine to five help you understand that you got to know how to be a good worker before you can be a boss, because being a good worker gives you that knowledge to understand that I got to be a good worker for him, for his business to thrive and survive. So when I go get my own. I got to know, I got to be able to have the knowledge to know how to work everything in here. Some people go into business on their own and just think, oh, I'm going to be a boss. I'm going to tell people what to do. 
No, because I, I'm going to tell you a true story. I'll cut myself off because it's crazy. I, I, this is a true story. When I first bought Cozy Corner, no lie, when we walked in there, everybody called themselves Quentin on us. The cook didn't show up. The servers didn't show up. The plate makers didn't show up. Nobody. But me and my wife, we, man, we hustlers. We're like, okay, y'all didn't show up. That's fine. We got in there. Two servers ended up showing up that day. So we was able to make it through the day. Right. And in my mind, I'm thinking at the end of the day, I looked at my wife. I said, they messed up and don't even know it. And the reason I said they messed up and don't even know it, because now I know how to do everything in here myself. And with that being said, I don't need you. So when they called they self, they literally came back. I looked. I'm like, what? Oh, we we want to raise. They came in with their demands. I said, man, let me get y'all some glasses so y'all can see where y'all got me messed up. I said, y'all fired. I don't need none of y'all. And I literally told all of them to get out my restaurant. I didn't need them. But with that being said, I tell people when you're doing business, the reason you got to have a worker mentality is because you got to know how to do everything in there. Worst case scenario, nobody come in because you can't say because nobody came in, I'm going to close down today. Now I'm missing money. I don't want to do that. So I need to know how to operate everything in here. And that's that worker mentality. I always keep no matter what. And just to piggyback real quick off the worker mentality. Uh, I listen to like a lot of uh, law of attraction or Nightingale. And you always mention like there's no like such thing as a bad job. It's in which the way you go about your job. So like, you know, you can have two people working at McDonald's. One person's like, man, they only pay me 10 bucks an hour. But the next person like, man, I'm going to have 40 franchises, you know. So, uh, like I said, there's no such thing as a, a, a bad job. And uh, and then the whole time I didn't realize this job was preparing me for the next level of my life. And, you know, you never realize that while you're going through it. But when you look back, like, a job really prepares you for a lot of things. Well, let's talk about, you know, we talked about the things that go into entrepreneurship and the challenges that may come about, you know, throughout your years of experience or your years of ownership. What's changed for y'all, you know, throughout your, your time mentally, you know, physically, spiritually throughout this experience um, of entrepreneurship and business ownership? What's what's changed? That's a very great question. I say you asking questions I never even thought about for myself. <laughs> and uh, I think one thing that changed you know right away it's definitely that paycheck you know like <laughs> you probably don't have a paycheck for like a year or two depending what type of business you, you go in but uh i think what, like it really taught me a lot about myself you know just how to like be more disciplined how to be more responsible how to get up and go out there and make things happen for uh yourself you know this is all about networking and and creating your own opportunities you know not waiting for opportunity and uh even spiritually just you know, I don't really go to churches, you know, often or I don't really pray as much as I should. But I know that uh, spiritually that, you know, God wants me in this place because uh, I also believe it's an opportunity for me to change uh, the trajectory for my family. You know, uh, I'm the first male in my family, you know, to graduate high school, you know, uh, and, and to go to college. And uh, I just want to be that example for, you know, my family, you know, down the line, you know, even when I'm gone. But, uh, you know, just being an entrepreneur, I quit my job back in like. May 2017, so, you know, can't believe it's almost been five years. I even had to move back in with my mind when I first quit, you know, especially trying to do real estate and do development. You know, that's not a paycheck the next day at all. And uh, 
It just really taught me how to humble myself and also to live on less. You know, I think that's one thing that I struggle with even when I finished school, man. I was spending money like I, you know, I had a, a money machine, <laughs> you know, like, uh, but really taught me, they said, how to be humble, how to be disciplined and to live on less and go out there and create your uh, own opportunities. Specifically, I like to live on less, live below your means thing. And then I like the discipline word for sure. So we're going to tap into that later. But for me, what didn't change for me is it's a little bit funny because for me, I was a jacker because I was from the street. I had that street mentality. So I was a jacker when I was having money. I was used to having money young. So for me, it was all, you know, we got the cars, we got this, that and the other. But in business, when you're an entrepreneur, you can't do that. So that's what changed for me. I had to develop the, the, the thought process of if I'm talking crazy to my customers, making them feel less than how I'm going to make the money because they not, they not going to want to give me their business. If I'm talking crazy to them, I'll look at your shoes, mine, mine, $300 and this and that. Look at my fit. I, I couldn't, you know, Everything that I did had to be to gain the customer. So I don't want to, no matter what I got, I never wanted to seem bigger than them. Even with, even with my employees, I'm not going to tell you to do nothing that I'm not going to do. As a matter of fact, when I tell you to do it or ask you to do it, I'm going to do it with you. Here, you grab the mop. I'm going to fill up the mop bucket. I, that's my thought. That's what changed about me a, as far as being an entrepreneur. And and just like he said, living below your means, you know, and sometimes you got to because when when you do live below your means at the time of of everything blooming, once it bloom for me, I'm in that blooming stage where I can remember. Me and my wife sit back and laugh now because I can remember we were sitting in a house and she was crying. We both had cars and we couldn't even put gas in the car. So we couldn't even go nowhere crying over a hundred dollars. Now, not to sound bougie, but a hundred dollars, that's nothing. But I, I can say that because I worked hard to make sure that a hundred dollars would never Never burden me again. And, and people always say, oh, be humble, be humble. Yeah, you always got to be humble. But to like I tell people to a point, I was so poor, I made sure that I structured my life to where it had to be a catastrophe for me to be poor again. You know what I'm saying? A lot of stuff would just have to go wrong in my life. For me to be at that point, but that's where the sacrificing and the discipline came in for me to know, no, I can't do this. No, I can't do that. I drove a Buick rendezvous forever. I didn't care. And I always said, I want a Maserati. I'm going to get me a Maserati. By the time I got the money that I could get the Maserati, I didn't even want it. I didn't even want it no more. You know, I, I just was like, why? Because now my mindset was instead of spending 30 grand, 40 grand on this Maserati, I'm going to go buy this property because now I'm understanding 
Why spend the money that ain't making me no money? I always want my big amounts to make me more money. And that's when I, I was seeing these properties dirt cheap. You know, my mindset when I was buying properties, I was like, well, if somebody living in it already, they accepting it for what it was. So, okay, I might be able to go in there and spend five grand fixing it up, making it better for them. But if they accepting it, I'm going to buy it because I'm making money out the gate. You know, so that for me, that's what uh, uh, just a lot of my mindset on how I thought. And um, the way I talk to people, you know, for me, that's what changed being an entrepreneur. I just didn't make fun of people no more. And I was a jokester. Me and my brother, we we joke on our mama. You know, our mama dying of cancer right now. We still hit her with a joke. You know what I'm saying? That's how we are. You know, so but with some people, I had to realize that if I'm being a service to a person, I can't belittle them. You know, and that's I I realized that sometimes you do that unknowingly. So I had to sit back and think about what I was doing to my customers, you know, or the people who uh, patronize my shops. I couldn't do that no more. So for me, that's what changed a lot. Definitely, definitely. And first, I just want to acknowledge, you know, sorry to hear about moms, man. And, you know, for sure. Prayers for sure. Um, First off, man, I love all of everything y'all just said. That was some some gems that I feel like we talked about before we even got on the podcast is what needs to be put out there, you know. So I think a lot of young brothers going, you know, be able to resonate with that and actually learn from a lot of those words, too. But let's just keep going. Let's talk about, you know, um, you had mentioned the word networking, you know, and how important that is within entrepreneurship, you know. And sometimes I feel like, you know, people grow up and they think I can do this all by myself. You know, like, I don't need nobody. You know, I can do this by myself. Let's talk about, you know, tell me how y'all strategically network and like what that looks like for y'all personally. And a little bit about social circle, too, you know, about like who to keep around you. So you remember like growing up as a kid, we was taught not to uh, conversate with strangers. Man, strangers will make you rich, <laughs> like literally. And uh, but it's also a wrong way and a right way to network. You know, when I first was uh, kind of learning to network while I still had a job, I was really trying to get into the real estate industry. I was like going to networking events, meeting with everybody. I might walk out with 50 business cards and really didn't know who was who. Then I have to learn how to strategically network and, you know, okay, what do I need to grow in this real estate business? Okay, do I need to meet a lender, meet another development partner, you know, meet a lawyer? So I started, you know, just meeting an accountant. So I started to strategically, you know, uh, attend networking events and only really look for like three, four or five people that I really needed to meet. And uh, networking, I say, is extremely is important because uh, without networking, you're not going to grow your business or nobody's going to know you. You know, you got to put yourself out there. You know, we go out there and meet folks. So, you know, attend those workshops, attend those uh, meetups. I actually like it's a website called meetup.com. I literally used to use that and I still do and type in real estate and just see what all pops up in the greater Milwaukee area. And whatever catches my interest, you know, I definitely used to sign up and uh, attend. I'm going to a development conference tomorrow, like 7 a.m. to 9.30, and meet some more folks that I probably already met. Because sometimes you meet person first time, and, hey, hey, you know, y'all might have emailed once and nothing ever transpired. But then a second time you meet up might be all in it, you know, the difference between, you know, you guys maybe doing a deal together or, you know, or him introducing or her introducing you to somebody else. And uh, so I'm always, you know, networking. Uh, I believe networking got us to where we're at today. And it's definitely important to keep your social, uh, you know, uh, 
your social, uh, you know, corner or whatever you circle, you know, be strategic about that as well. I, I never forget when I, uh, before I left for school, you know, I grew up on First and Burla. And my mentor at the time mentioned that you see all this around you, like, you know, where everybody doing, it's going to be here when you get back. And it really didn't like hit me until like, even like that day, I was thinking about it, just driving around my old neighborhood, like, wow, stuff is still the same. You know, you had people still doing the same thing. And not that you try to like, you know, not associate with them anymore, but like, you know, if you want to grow, man, you got to be around people that are smarter than you, you know, and not to say that you can't help people who may not be on the right path. Cause I still try to, Hey, you know, we got this development coming up. Hey, you know, you want to do concrete, you want to do masonry, you want to do carpentry. You know, I, I can connect you to the larger uh, contractor. So I'm always trying to surround myself with people who know way more than me in this development world, this finance game, and even just, you know, uh, let's say, I, you know, I just met Phil today, man. I, I, I picked up another game from Phil just in this first 20 minutes. And I'm sure that there's more stuff I can learn from him. But, you know, I always just trying to find people who've been through different experiences. And they always, you know, always look to how you can help that person as well, too. So it's not just about, hey, you know, me, me, me. So, like, even when I network, let's say if I reached out to you today, like, hey, I met you at this event. Is there anything I can do for you? You know, I'd like to take some of your time for about 30 minutes for some coffee or an hour. But, you know, is there like a fair charity or a book? Or I always try to think of something to give to them to show my appreciation for their time. Because networking is important, man. Connection is important. Man, this is sometimes, you know, people are just, you know, so focused on what they got going on and no problem at all, you know. But, um, you know, the more you get yourself out there is what you said is the more your business will grow. And that it'd be sometimes it'd be the strangers or the people you meet later in life. That be supporting you more than the people you grew up with, man. That's, so, that's <laughs> funny how that works, man. That's that's strangers make you rich, man. <laughs> It'd be crazy. Yeah. What about you, fella? What's well, up? for me, um, I got a story too because we got a we actually got a bike club. Uh, uh, we were all ride Harleys and stuff, so we do a lot of uh giving back in Appleton. Uh, we work with a lot of Kiwanis. They call themselves Kiwanis. We work with the uh, Salvation Army a lot, doing the toys for tots or the Thanksgiving giveaway. So um, networking and stuff like that is important to me because it helped me a lot. So we were doing um, turkey giveaways and or the toys for tot stuff every year. We've been doing it for about 10 years. So the first five years we were doing it, working with different people, um, older people and um. When I wanted to open Envy, the guy kept telling me, my friend kept telling me, you know, go to the mall, go to the mall. And I had that mentality that, oh, the mall ain't, they ain't going to let no black people up in the mall because no, no black businesses were in the mall. So I gave in and I went. I asked the lady, can I get an application? I want to bring a store to the mall. And the lady was like, oh, that's cool. So she was like, you know, fill out the application. She said it's going to take about six months for us to get back to you. And I'm like, all right, great. That'll give us enough time to build our money up, get our thought process together on what we're going to do. So about maybe three weeks, literally that fast, the lady called me back. She said, oh, you must know somebody. And to my knowledge, I'm like, I don't know nobody in here. So she was like, well, y'all application got accepted. She said, come up here. And I'm like, dang, that fast. So I cannot make this up. We walk in and the person that ran the mall is the same guy for five years straight. I used to stand beside handing out toys and turf, but I did. I didn't know what he did, but it was him. 
I didn't know him by name. I, he probably told me his name, but I'm the type of person you could tell me your name. I'll walk away from it. And for some reason, I didn't forget. But I always was, we always cracked jokes with him. He knew our bike club because we always volunteered with him. So in the application, it asked, did you do any type of community service? So my wife put all that stuff in there, yada, yada, yada. And he, he said, when I seen sick with it and Philip and Heidi, he said right away, I grabbed your application. His name was John. Now I never forget his name. <laughs> <laughs> but they they literally helped us get the opportunity to do what we do. So the networking part of just being around people and not only networking, it's just when you are around these people, be on your best behavior, be you, but be business because I was always me. I, I didn't try to change. I, I've always prided myself on being me like I like dressing like this I will never put on a suit I'm never gonna do that because when you judge me because of what I got on but then when you sit and you look at what I got actually going on that's gonna change your whole mind I don't like the concept of like the suit and tie because of because of this reason I didn't see a lot of nobodies in suits and ties it, to me, it's almost like a, you fooling somebody. I don't want you to think everybody in a business suit is always about business. I want you to see me in my regular clothes that I'm just like the everyday Joe Smoke black dude you see out here. For me, it's so that you don't pass judgment on a person like me because I'm dressed regular, because I'm dressed like the average person. We still mean business too. We want everything that y'all got the same way. We want it too, you know? But for me, that was networking is important because that situation happened to me and being around them people is uh what helped me get to where I'm at and keeping myself in them circles to where a lot of my friends, like real true friends, are, you know, big people that run targets, that run Verizons, and they look, talk, and act just like me. We don't have to put on these fronts around each other like we Keith Haddock or somebody. We don't have to act like this. And that's what I love about the circle that I'm in. We can be who we are. We can ride our bikes and look how we want to look. But when it's time to punch that clock or however we get our money, we serious about business and we all can network with each other. Like if you said, hey, bro, I got a friend he need a job. I literally can get you a job where you'll be working tomorrow, literally making at least $20 an hour because my relationships with a lot of people just like that. If like you said, you know, somebody who want to do construction, who want to paint, who want to do concrete. I literally know a person where I can have you working right now. He'll put you on a work site right now. So that's, that's my connections and I like to keep it like that and everybody in them feels like the way I kick it so that you know I keep it cool with people I just want to add real quick I'm glad you said you mentioned about the uh, be yourself because even you know coming in business you know with this real estate development game you know you're going to deal with a lot of people who don't look like you whether it's the accountants the lawyers the finance even when I first graduated college you know I caught myself like 
trying to be this other person. Even though growing up as a kid, right, you try to, I think you go through so many identities coming from a kid to an entrepreneur. But I noticed for myself, like when I tried to be somebody else, that's when I messed up, <laughs> you know. And now, like, you know, the last few years, just, hey, what you see is what you get, you know. And but what I realized people appreciate that because, you you know, you've been your authentic self and people can really appreciate that, especially in the world of business. Business is probably even worse than the streets, yep. to be honest. Because people, it's people <laughs> like us, we changing their outlook on business because they looking at us, we got tattoos and all. Wow, this guy's serious about business. You know what I'm saying? So when they see him, we serious. And I tell them, bro, it's a million people out there just like me that you got to take serious because the 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 world is changing when it come to business the thinkers are a lot different than what they used to be that's why i pay attention to a lot of business that's going on now a lot of them old school thinkers who don't think right now the business is with the younger generation if you're not tapping into what these younger kids like you're gonna fail I'm going to give you an example for like how they say the big box stores, the malls and stuff like that. Why they failing a lot? Because the JC Penney's ain't tapping into this younger world. When somebody like, let's just say your grandmother, if she got money, she dying. Who's she passing that money to? You the younger spender. You like Jordan's dunks, all this stuff. It is what it is. That's been selling forever. So we can't sit up here and try to say, well, let's change the narrative and not. No, that's what's selling. So my selling point going to be towards the kids. So like people ask me, and like I said, my thought process is always from the street. People be like, well, how did you get into the businesses that you got into? I keep it real and say the first thing. Tell them is I was a drug dealer. So I target the drug dealers. I sell clothes that drug dealers buy. I cut hair, they hair, and I feed them. They gonna always keep me in business, but that ain't no different. Let's think about Foot Locker. Who buy the most? Don't know everyday working person buy shoes every day. And that's just reality. These street people is what's keeping these businesses in business. But now it's is switching because a lot of these younger kids that's inheriting our money as parents and they more the working class. Don't let it fool you. These younger kids look at, you know, per se you, you that younger generation also that's working, but you like to spend your money on that flashier stuff sometimes. So I know that where some of these head guys that aren't in the field per se because they don't want to be around these younger wilder kids they say but that's their personality but they still spending money and at the end of the day it's about targeting your consumer they're the consumer so how can i target them i'm a i play the i don't play no church music in my barbershop i'm playing that little dirt Whatever they like listening to and bro, you will be surprised at even like the whiter kids. They don't want to hear church music. They don't want to hear that crazy stuff. They want to come into our barbershop and listen and groove and vibe the way we vibe. And I don't change that up for nobody. I had a pastor come in there. Well, this music is, hey, I'm going to get more of them than you. 
So I gotta, I gotta satisfy my customer. Now, Cozy Corner, we play the blues. That's that's what it is. You know, we we trying to get the older crowd because that's our thing. Old school, our culture is different. You know, so. It's, you know, it's just about having that. You got to be a thinker in this business. You got to be on your feet. You got to be touching everybody. And like I said, that younger group, even in your field, the younger people buying properties now, that's what they into. Just imagine, we never thought we would live in a time where so many African-Americans talking about Bitcoin, the stock market, all of that stuff. I'm not. I'm right. The megaverse. I'm not into it per se because I always tell them metaverse or whatever it's called. I don't know, you know, but I always tell them I'm not into it, but I'm glad you are because it's giving them a different outlook versus everybody wanting to be a drug dealer in my age when I was coming up in the ghetto we all looked at the drug dealers that them was the heroes to us because they had the money they had all the fancy flashy stuff but nowadays it's people like me and you that's giving them a oh man look at them dudes how you get that hellcat how you get that Denali truck I work hard for it you know what I'm saying you let me show you how you can do the same thing I try to give them the game I try to dummy it down because these kids ain't going under. They want everything instant. They, they It got to be instant for them. You a bore, bore them trying to tell them, well, you got to do this. Nah, man, look, this how I did it, bro. I'm going to tell you exactly how I did it. You do it the same way. Get your bumps and bruises the same way. But at the end of the day, you're not going to lose. It's going to be a lesson, not a loss. If I can tell another quick story real quick, I tell everybody like like this. When I was in the street, I didn't have no fear of doing nothing. If a person I would tell my brother, hey, man, dude got this. Let's go get it. No problem. So how am I going to have a fear if you say, hey, bro, it's a property down here for four thousand dollars right now. And I'm telling you, man, oh, no, man, oh. But you got to let them know, how can you lose? If you got $10,000, which in this day and age, let's be honest, $10,000 ain't a lot of money in this day and age. But if you take that 10 and we find a property for per se two grand, three grand, and we put the other eight into fixing up because we can get it that cheap because we doing the work ourselves. So now you, you didn't put invested $10,000 into a house. And with the market right now, you could sell a house for an easy 80. It's going to sell. I could give you a perfect example. I bought a house for 70,000, put some work into it, maybe five grand. I ended up selling it. The dude said, let me put the house on the market for a weekend. He said Friday to Sunday. He said, I guarantee you the house be sold by Sunday. No lie. 70,000. We had an offer for 190 that Sunday night. How did I lose? How did I lose? <laughs> right now, I got an offer on the table to sell two of my duplexes for a $475,000 right now. The dude said, man, I'll jump on that. I said, why? I said, I can't. I, like I said, I want to move into commercial. I can't buy nothing commercial with a half a million dollars that I know of until I get the. Maybe I can. But to my knowledge and what I know, I can't. The house is going to always be worth what they worth. They got assessed for that much. That ain't going to change. 
So I'm going to keep it and I'm going to still be able to have that 500000 close to they telling me they want to buy it for. But if I keep it, I'm still collecting my rent until I can find that commercial property that I can buy. Then I sell it because I'm moving up versus selling my property, keeping 500000 in my pocket, which if I can't do nothing with it, I done lost my rental income and everything. So I'm losing then, but no, you know. And uh, you know, I'm I'm let's just jump in, uh, y'all. I always appreciate when the people on the podcast answer questions before I ask them. So yeah, <laughs> I always appreciate it because we can just keep moving forward without me even saying nothing. So I'm just like, all right, keep going. But I appreciate that th- those gems both of y'all just dropped on on there, especially about the real estate investment and uh, you know how to effectively invest money. But to also not be afraid to invest that money because you may not see return right away, but the return is coming. You know, it will come, you know, even for homes like I think, like you said, you know, that may not even be turnkey, you know. And I think you also said something where I like to call as, you know, being in real estate myself, uh, blood, blood, sweat, equity. Right. You putting your own work into this house. You're not paying contractors and all them that top dollars for them to be coming in and, you know, doing stuff that you can you know, relatively do it yourself. Right. So, um, my, my, one of my questions was before that I was going to ask, but y'all already tapped into, cause y'all was saying be yourself was what is authentic, the authenticity look like for y'all and how important it is to be authentic in spaces, you know, that, um, you may feel uncomfortable. And so one of my, one of my friends was just talking about that too, and how to, um, how important it is to be comfortable in situations that typically make you uncomfortable, you know, and how important that is to, to, you know, exhibit within your experience in entrepreneurship. So I, I really, really like that conversation for sure. But uh, I guess my next question is kind of what I want to tap into is uh, as you know, what type of advice, you know, based on your business experience, what advice would you give another young brother growing up right now looking to get into business ownership or become an entrepreneur or same thing? But uh, what type of advice would you give him? You know, what, what, what would you say to, I guess, same way? What would you say to your younger self, you know, to like get there? couple different things is, you know, I always want to be, you know, reading, man. Like, you know, I kind of found myself, you know, through reading books, man. You know, it, 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 it's funny, man, how books can really change your life, man. Whether you read, uh, you know, just personal development books or, you know, business books, real estate books. So, I know reading books is one for sure. Again, networking, whatever you want to do, find people that's doing it and, you know, reach out to those folks so you can pick their brain and, you know, uh, you know, hang around people like that or even just see how you can volunteer. You know, that's another way to learn quickly as well. And really, man, going out there and, and just to be honest, man, just believing in yourself, you know. And like I said, as I mentioned earlier, you're going to have those days where you like, man, this is not for me or this is taking too long or I didn't make any money yet. But it's all about being, you know, disciplined and realizing, you know, it can take five years. It can take three years. And I had this like kind of this little theory I use or analogy. Like your big break can be a year from now, you know, and every day that you're out there doing something, you know, you're going to step closer to that 365. But if you like put up your hands day 10, man, I, you or you could be 364 day and you give up. You were just that one day away from your big break. Now you waited 10 years. Now, you know, now you got a lot of regret. Now you got a lot of regret or you waited 10 years to make your big break. You know, so I just think this is being like, again, just reading books, man, networking with people that's already in the field that you want to be in and going out there and just every day, you know, you got to be strategic. You got to be 
you got to be uh, intentional every day. You know, just can't, you know, hey, okay, this day I'm going to just take it easy. I'm going to sleep this day off. Even if you don't have nothing planned, you better be either reading. If you ain't reading, you better be thinking about it. If you ain't thinking about it, you better be dreaming about it. If you ain't dreaming about it, you better be talking about it. You know, and uh, that's kind of what I say. Yeah, so dream about it, think about it, talk about it, and read about it. Mm-hmm. I heard a lot about staying patient, too, and then that within that for sure. So I think that's important to make sure we go out there to bring it kind of connected back to what you were saying is, you know, stay patient. You know, like you said, you could be in business for 364 days and then you like, man, I ain't nothing going on. And then your big break is that three six that, that next day. But you had already given up, given up. So I like that a lot for sure. I always say one one thing I tell people when I talk to the younger dudes, I always tell them, don't be scared. I, I think as young African-American men, we always, all of us, women, males, we scared of everything, especially business. We scared to get into the unknown. We want to, we want to, we always want to do the most comfortable thing. You know, I want to, I'm going to just work here and do this or I'm not leaving my job. I tell my brother every day, I, I had a good job at Nina Foundry. When I quit, it was okay. I told them they they gave me an offer. I said I'm all right, man. I I come back some other time if I'm glad. I I know I could come back when y'all need me, but for right now, I'm a I'm a go do me. And here I am. I've been I stopped working at my job three years ago, but I still had everything going, you know, in the process. But I tell people don't be scared. You know, I I was comfortable. Four hundred one k's medical, all of that stuff. You can't be scared to to at least give it a try on your own. And that's the main thing I tell people, I, the advice I, I try to keep them with, don't be scared, do it, do it. Especially if I'm talking to a street dude, like I said, I give him that advice. What are you scared of? You out here throwing bricks at the penitentiary every day. And you telling me you scared to go Go to school, enroll in this class. Like he said, even if you're not a reader, they got audio books. <laughs> you can watch so much YouTube right now where you ain't got to read nothing. And it's going to information is out there. But you got to lose the fear. It's that fear of failing. And, and they don't understand like you really don't even fail. You learning. If you willing to go back to the drawing board, you really learning. So where did I mess up this time that when I do this, I'm I'm not going to do the same thing that made me fail. So the most important thing for me, man, is just don't be scared to do nothing, because if you got the talent, the, the possibilities are endless. If, if you got the talent or you going to learn eventually, you you if you stick to doing something enough, you're going to be a pro at it. You know, you just got to do it. I didn't know nothing about fixing up houses, uh, laying carpet, laying tile, but watching it enough. Oh, I'm going to do this. I like putting in windows. I paid for it one time, seeing how easy it was installing windows. I never paid for it again. Never. I watched and learned, but you got You got to have a want. That's what it is, too. You got to have a want to do it and, and to really be successful at it. And, and some people, when you tell them success, what is success? You know, success is, you know, if you content within yourself, like I tell people right now, I might not be a, a 
a mega millionaire, but if I died right now, man, I'd be like, I did it. I, I did it. Where where I'm on a podcast, I was on the news the other day. You see people on the news, and you're like, oh man, he's famous, you know. But it's just the news; they just running a story. But I can I can say people see me. I'm doing something positive. I'm cool. My kids fine. I'm cool, and that's all you ever want. Just quick, too. I like the way you said too about success, man. Uh, just defining your own success, man. Sometimes we get caught up. And the, uh, what you no know, media tells us what success is, mm-hmm. and uh, and like you know, for instance, like some, you know, I was watching documentaries. Uh, in some countries, man, you got to work two hours just to afford a can of Coca Cola, but yet we, you know, here in America, you know, we've spoiled, right? Yeah. And even if you think you make thirty thousand a year, you're not making any money. But I just think it's finding your own success. You know, it's it's a part of that as well, and uh, being focused too. Like, I always see Bill Gates and Warren Buffett documentary. One thing I always pick up from them guys is focused. You have to be focused, man. From day one to, the, you know, day 1,000, you know, you have to be focused. Without focus, you know, so like for myself, for instance, man, I don't really do the clubs like that, go to bars like that, you know, or like uh, even this past weekend, I'm watching an All-Star game, but at the same time, I got the laptop right open, you know. Most of us ask it, man. You got to be focused in this because – like you said, you know, especially when you're a business owner, man, there's no days off. That's the other part of that, too. No days off, man. Weekends, holidays, oh. birthdays, man. I mean, you got to celebrate yourself sometime, right? Definitely. But no days off. And and it's like to what he's saying, on, you, you look at people like Bill Gates and all of them rich guys, Jeff Bezos, Warren Buffett. I, I tell people all the time, they'll make 10000 want to go celebrate blowing it. What are you celebrating? Failure? I said, bro, we ain't made it nowhere yet. I said, you look at them guys, Bill Gates, Warren Buffett, they got literally all the money. And what do they do every day? Working still. So you telling me you made it to a hundred G's and you finna take a break. What we breaking for? A hundred thousand? What we breaking for? These guys got billions and they working still so you think about that i you know and another thing we gotta lose the concept oh i'm not i'm not patterning my life off these white people nah man you can't look at it like that all the time because in reality we gotta go back and say to ourselves they developed the way of living from the beginning of time right or wrong they developed it. They they made the way we live when it comes from as far as the workforce or how we work it, how taxes work, how money work, all it is. They developed it. So in order to get it, you have to look. You got to take the race relation part out of it sometimes and look at they successful. That's the part we want to look at. They successful. So how did they become successful? A lot of that stuff wasn't taught to us. So you got to look at them. Let let me learn how to, you know, save money, open up bank accounts, establish credit, because this is something that they made. We didn't establish credit scores. They did. And that's how the world works. So I don't care how black power you are. You got to look at the people who developed 
our way of living until you get to a Jay-Z level where you might have a type of money. Now you can develop you at a point where you can do your own thing. But until you get there, you got to look at the people that started it. How did they develop the credit? How do I develop this to get where I want to be? You have to. I tell people that a lot, too. And I was I was around a a, a real um, a person who likes to drop knowledge to, you know, I always put myself in those positions in those environments. And um, one of them, what the guy has said, he's like, you know, kind of to what you was talking about. He said uh, you have to, you know, the person who asks a question or doesn't ask a question is basically dumb, you know, forever. But the person who does ask that dumb question, you know, he has clarity now. So there's no longer a dumb question, you know, so you like ask those questions. And then you said um, you mentioned something too. you was like uh, um, you have to you know, you have to learn what is being built. You know, you were saying credit and stuff like that, or you have to, you know, put yourself right there, but you, it can be learned. We, okay. That's what I was going to say. Um, you maybe not have been taught this, but you can learn this, you know, so you have to put yourself in them in that position. You got to surround that yourself with the people who got the knowledge and they willing to give it to you because it is everything. I used to be one of them people. I don't need no credit until I went to try to buy a house. They ain't trying to hear none of that. You know, I, I it killed me when people be like, well, my guy, he bought a he. No, he didn't, bro. No, he didn't. <laughs> I got numerous houses and them underwriters ain't trying to hear none of that about no mattress money. I know this because in my line of business, I get a lot of cash. They not even trying to hear it then. They said, I don't care. You got to have a money trail. Now, when you get this house and the deal done, you can do whatever you want with the money you got from Uber Eats, all of them other places. But right now, Mr. Bennett, and they give you the game. One thing they taught me was I had all these businesses thinking to myself, well, I got all these businesses. I should be able to get everything I want. The lady was like, you need to pay yourself out of these businesses. Oh, give myself a check and don't even cash it. But it's the paper trail that they looking for. That's it. That's it. So then I'm thinking to myself, well, realistically, I could pay myself $30 an hour if I wanted to. I, I can. So they giving you the, the, the jewels. They giving you the game, but they, they giving it to you so discreetly. You know what I'm saying? You just got to pick up on it. And when I did that, I'm like, dang, that's one more thing I learned. Cause I'm thinking I'm on top of the world. I got all these businesses. My taxes looking good, this and that, but. I still can't do nothing because it's a piece of the puzzle that I'm missing, you know, which is not taught in school at all. <laughs> not at all. Now, and a lot of our parents didn't know it, you know. So where where are we going to get the information from if we not kicking it around or hanging out around networking with our white counterparts? Because they parents knew this. They parents' parents knew this type of information. So in order to get it, and once we get it, we got to run and teach the next person that's like us how to do it so then we can become the same way. It's literally that easy. Let me, let me ask y'all this. It's simple, you know, no or yes question. But, you know, given the challenges and all the stuff that, you know, has that child of experience, you know, everybody has challenges throughout into entrepreneurship. But um, would you change anything if you were able to go back? Would you go and change any 
type of thing in your life? Or would you want to go through all of that stuff the same way that you did because you were here right now? Would you change anything? You'd be a no or yes. We only got a couple more minutes here, so I just wanted to make sure I got that in there. Yeah, I definitely would change a couple of things for sure. Kind of from my teenage years or even when I first finished college, just um, spending money, finances really is the biggest thing and really understanding that whole portion of the, you know, life, you know, uh, my finances. Um, For me, I, I used to say no because I used to say no because my past is what made me tough like I am now. But then at the same time, as I got older, I would have liked to went through the college experience to know that business side. Like I see my wife, she'll make all these pie graphs and all this stuff. And I'm like, you know, that's not my thing. You stick to that. But just to learn all of that, you know, in the business and how to do that, you know, I had to take a rough route in making schedules and all of this stuff. But that's the type of stuff you learn in business. So I say, yeah, if I could change something, I would. So, yeah, definitely. We definitely coming to the end of the podcast today. So I want to make sure uh first I want to say thank you, you know, for y'all two brothers to be coming on here and to be dropping the gems and giving the information out to the community, because that's exactly what this podcast is for, you know, and to uh, build connections within the community and build up the black community of entrepreneurs and business owners because it's growing, man. We, you know, we do research in this this specific topic. And uh, when we first started doing this research about two years ago, man, I we had a lot of uh, questions around how many entrepreneurs, black entrepreneurs there were, you know, and the more that we dive deeper into this conversation, the more we find that it's a lot of black entrepreneurs, especially with the money and the resources that are out out there, more people are looking to be their own bosses. And then with the more knowledge that's given out there, the more that's going to create the black equity spectrum that we're trying to create, you know, because if you really want to go back into history, you know, black people already have that within themselves to connect and to to be you know, I, I mean, I don't want to be so general, but nice, you know, and to, you know, people to resonate and bring in, you know, because we bring it back to um, Tulsa or whatever um, and Black Wall Street. That, it was happening, you know, and if it was taken away from us, you know, so we got to continue to have these conversations to build up that again, because, you know, uh, with that happening, then we, more opportunities and resources will arise. So um, I think this conversation was um I'm going to use my little voice for magnificent. <laughs> no, no, for real though. Um, it was, it was great. So I want to make sure, you know, all the viewers and the um, listeners are, will able, will be able to find y'all and um, know where they can go get their haircut or where they can invest in some real estate or um, whatnot and uh, where they can eat, you know? So um, each of y'all, you know, just tell them your, your name and, you know, where your business is located and how they can tap in with y'all. Um, my name is Philip Anthony Bennett Jr., I'm the owner of Cozy Corner, Envy Fits and Fashions, Legends Cuts and Styles, all located in Appleton, Wisconsin. Uh, Legends and Envy is located in uh, the Fox River Mall in Appleton, Wisconsin. Cozy Corner is located on 111 uh, North Walnut Street, Appleton, Wisconsin. We also have a location, an Envy location in Racine at 232 Main Street, and we also have a Legends in racing we just open so shout out bro this is uh anthony casey uh owner of KG development group you definitely can find us through our website at kg dev as in victor group.com again that's uh kg dev group.com when you get in touch with us mm -hmm. and bro me and bro was talking about um you know 
bringing more people in and finding more opportunities out there with uh, vacant buildings or anything like that that you know people people know of that uh, maybe can be invested in to turn into some low income housing. Am I right? Or you know, need some bedrooms and stuff. You know, stuff in there. So um, some opportunities there. So if anybody listening on that can tap in with him, make sure y'all you reach out to him um, directly. But as we you know edge closer to the end of February and Black History Month, it's important that we honor and highlight the Black Trailblazers who paved the way for this conversation, for this space, and opportunity to be free of restrictions and limitations. As a community and country, we are Black entrepreneurs of Wisconsin, and our voices and experience matter. We are essential to the economic growth and development of the state, and it's an honor to share a space with such prominent entrepreneurs and learn more holistically about y'all, man, as Black brothers. And it's important that we continue being role models and and, uh, for our youth and community members, a lot of times we look for outside support when we have everything we need right here. Sharing our stories inspires many, providing physical proof that it's possible no matter who you are, where you're from. I like to say, and I love to finish the podcast by saying, don't stop. Keep going. Again, this is real. This is authentic. This is In Our Words podcast. We out.